Back again, back to get your salt spit, devil kick. Hmm? So soon. Oh, I don't blame you. My writing, my narration, my fabulously scandalous tale spun from the wool that is this horrible little town. Oh, if I was you, I'd be back too. Anywho, things have portaled on in your absence. Since Douglas Marshall became mayor, the moon has drained the sun's light out and slurped it back in twice. Well, in a, in a less wanky way, two months have passed. Time just flies when you are having fun. And as to who was having the fun, well, who the fuck knows? You see, unfortunately for Douglas, the practice of mayorship was more elusive than the actual reception of it. Unrest was rampant and uncertainty clung on to the consciousness of Saltspit Devil Hill. Two men in particular needed a familiar presence. Both were in need of healthy maternal advice. Both, therefore, stole out on separate nights to confront what lurked in the Port Leash woman's prison. Douglas needed his tyrannical wife and Francis, his negligent mother. Oh, Dougie, what are you doing here, snivelling all over the perspex screen? You're a disgrace, Dougie. Oh, Peggy, sure no. Life's not just been the same, sure now, has it? The water tastes different and I've no one to threaten my piggies. Peggy, I have something to tell you. I've been sitting on it for a while now. Listen, don't get mad. Out with it, dog. Don't shit your pants about it. Mammy? Jesus, I'm popular. What? Nothing, you mewling lout. The sight of you makes me sick. What did you come here for? Forgiveness? Fuck that. I, I'm finding myself, Mammy. I, I've been busy. And, well, Mammy, the thing is, that is to say that I, I was wondering if, depending on certain factors and whether or not you would be willing... Oh, Francis, to... spit it out! Your mumbling gives me a fucking tumour! Oh, sorry. I'm Mayor Peggy, Mayor of Salt Spit Devil Hill. Ah. What? You're back in that slimy copycat village! I know. I never said I... I said I'd never go back. I just didn't know where else to go. Your mother is a weapon, Doug. She'd have you under her thumb in an instant. She makes me clean her firearm collection with her spit and spanks me till I'm blue in the face. But she's given me a roof, Peggy. Plus, I've had practice being married to you, sure, haven't I? <laughs> I can still break your pigs from in here, Douglas Marshall. I'm really sorry. I can't believe I'm even listening to you. Oh, Mammy, I'm scared. And you think I care? I know this might shock you, but, but, but Daddy has become mayor. Very little shocks me, Francis. And now Lafayette has it in for me, more than he ever did. Oh, Mammy, I, I, I have no friends. I've no one to turn to anymore. Tough. Peggy, love, I don't know what to do. Running a town is so much harder than the YouTube tutorials made it out to be. Being a good leader is something you're born with. I know. Stop that now, well. And you're yeah. certainly not blessed with such talent, you little weasel. Oh, well, you know. Did you think you could learn to be mayor on the job? Did you learn nothing from the fiasco of Sugar Kiss Angel Hill? You know, there, there's something else, uh, love. I think I'm better off in jail. 
I'm starting to think that I'll end up floating dead on a river somewhere. And, and Mammy, I don't think anyone would really care. Daddy betrayed me. He just thinks about himself now. <laughs> it's Francis Peggy. He's completely lost his mind. I haven't laid eyes on him for a while. It's close to possibly... Oh, that's it? He hasn't been home in nearly two months. I tried luring him home with some homemade jam tarts. I know they're his favourite riot. I just sprinkled them around the town in hopes he'd smell them out and come home to me. But he hasn't, Peggy. Oh, I lost our son, Peggy. I've lost him, I... Doggy, oh. doggy, listen to me, darling. Look, there, yes, on the floor beside your seat. Do you see them? Do you... Those are your balls! Pick them up off the floor and stop whinging in my face. You're fogging up the glass. Now, Doug, you need to decide right now what kind of man you're going to be. But Francis... Francis or no Francis, he's always been a dark horse, Doug. I knew it would be sooner rather than later that his bitchy little voice would hit puberty and start causing havoc. I noticed that spark in him from the time I watched him throw up as a toddler and eat it again like a dog. What I'm saying is, well, Franny, let's just say he's fit for the underworld. Oh, Mammy, oh, I know we've had our differences, but could you help me? Could you give me some advice? Tell me what to do to get me out of this mess. But just then, Peggy turns her back on Francis. Stone cold. Ah, we love to see it. Mammy! Oh, please! You are... She stifles a sound. A sob? No. A giggle? You are a little shit, Francis. Useless, pathetic, stupid. I'm surprised to find you thought you had friends before this. I hope you rot in the darkest corner of hell for what you've done to me. Oh, but, but I, I... Lock your mother in jail? Did you really think I'd help you after that? You really are pathetic. I, I, um, oh, ma'am. Ma we need to find him, Peggy. The only thing that you need to do is prove to me that you're not as inept as you're currently coming across. Franny's a big boy. He can look after himself. Run that town like a matador runs his cows, or so help me, Jesus, I will break out of this cell and show you and Salty Spit that the mayor cries over piggies. You wouldn't. You're incompetent, Doug, and that town will sink you. It will not, Peggy. I'll make sure of it. It'll be the best and the tidiest town in Loud, I'll see to it. You couldn't see an apple if it fucked you in the face, Douglas. You're a snivelling snitch of a man. Mammy. Francis, just go. You're on your own. You always have been on your own. Don't come back here. You never have and never will be wanted. Uh, but, uh, but, but, please. I, I, no, I, I. I hate you, Peggy! Oh, really? No, sorry, Peggy, my love, I'm so sorry for saying that. I never actually mean that. I, I just think that being mayor has completely messed up my uh, shakaras, and I would, I would never mean anything like that. I love you, Peggy. Get out, dog! Okay, 
Doug left dejected and slightly hollow, but happy his wife had actually kind of talked to him. Francis, though, he left on legs shakier than stilts on a clown. Oh my God, who writes this? His heart felt punctured, his soul dry, and his mind full of scribbles. If Peggy hadn't have turned her back on Francis, he would have witnessed a most ghoulish smile spread across her face, one that reached up to her very ears. And now that Francis left, she laughed and laughed till her chest ached, laughed as she was led back to her urine stenched cell and laughed till she wiped away her own tears. Not long after that, Francis found his way to the Molly Malone Reform School for Girls. But there were no cockles or mussels to be found anywhere, just a one-legged bird pecking at a tato packet. As for Francis, well, there weren't any mussels, and rumour has it not much of a cock, to be seen there either. He had that dead-in-the-eyes look that Baron Trump has in pictures. Between hiding from a mad cult leader for weeks, the third-degree roasting his mother had put him through, and the fact that he hadn't been able to finish normal people since, he's his fa- since he and his father, fuck, had fled Sugar Kiss Angel Hill on account of Elizabeth thinking it was filth, he was in a terrible state. I mean, even for him, this was a new low. I mean, we are talking Adam Sandler making Jack and Jill levels of low here. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Oh, daddy betrayed me. Lafayette wants me dead. Mammy doesn't want me at all. I've been living on nothing but polo mints and I haven't seen Marianne and Cunnel shag in weeks. Oh, what's that song again? It's a hard knock life for me. Oh, little Francie, out here on my own. What do I... Wait. Francis pulled his phone out of his pocket. The battery life on that thing was just really incredible. He then called the one person he had left in the world. The woman whose toenails he'd clipped, whose saggy old shoulders he'd lathered in antibacterial gel for a good hour after they came back from that queer feminist bakery so that she could get rid of the smell of incense and sin. Which incidentally, wouldn't be half bad title for a piece of erotic fiction. Jesus, what am I doing writing this shite? That could be the next Wet Willies in the Wild series. Oh my God. Oh, please pick up. Please pick up. Nanny! Who's this? Nanny, it's me, Francis. Oh, are you being a good wee girl now, Francis? I need your help. It's Daddy. Stop, 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 stop. I don't want to hear about him less than I want to hear from you. Oh, but, 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 Nanny. Francis, you're meant to be working for Lafayette, not calling me now. And don't think I don't know you are watching normal people. The state of this town, it's no wonder we have. A shop selling filthy books and corrupting our young minds. Oh, but Nanny, that's not fair. I just wanted to hear your your lovely voice. That's not fair, is it? I thought your return meant good things for the town and for the family. When really it's been the opposite. Your father has disappointed me for the millionth time, preventing that Lafayette from taking his place at the head of the town and finally making it into a place that I can be proud of again. I tried to tell him... You need to try harder than that to get back in my good books, girlie. I'm not a girl. Lafayette was going to do wonderful things. (laughs) 
for this town. I don't feel safe in these streets. What with all the gays and all the feminists? You don't understand how hard it is for me being a rich white woman who is also a landlord lady. That horrible vegan child calling me Karen the other day. I simply had to stop. Why, I, that's why I'm giving every good member a shite one of my weapons so that we can reclaim Salt's bit devil hill once and for all. What? Oh, ho, ho, ho. those quails won't know what. <laughs> Oh, once they face to face with our tanks and our bombs and our bombs and our guns. Nanny, can't I just come home? I, I promise I'll be really helpful. Silence now, you fucking idiot child. I swear. Where were you were your bitch of a mother's parents, siblings or something? I can't believe we're related. Do you think it'd be that easy? Like I said, try harder. Join the cause. Repent for all your failings. But, 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 but Nanny, Lafayette wants to kill me. That's not my problem. Deal with that hairy who or yourself, Francis. And with that, she hung up. Francis stared at his phone screen, eye twitching, tongue lolling, absolutely lost in his thoughts. This was a rare enough occurrence, so it took a lot out of the poor bastard. He was so distracted, he didn't even notice Sister Anne walking out from the reform school doors for a sneaky little smoke break. It was hard work preparing for war, and that was without Egypt's like Catherine and Jane to contend with, I roll. You there, child. What are you doing here? Have you perhaps heard about our master's work here? Have you decided to join? Oh, why are you crying? Oh, oh, it's all gone to shit. Uh, sorry. I don't know what I'm fucking supposed to do anymore. My life has gotten so much crazier since we moved here. And sure, my old life was dramatic, but in a Riverdale season one kind of a way, and now suddenly it's season four. My daddy's been brainwashed, my nanny is preparing for war, and that tire rat gives me the heebie fucking jeebies. It honestly does feel like I'm a fictional character in a soap opera that the writers like to make bad things happen to. Hmm. But I'm not. I'm a human being. I have depth. I took a BuzzFeed quiz there that said I'm just like Marianne. I, I see. You do? No, you fucking idiot. I zoned out three words into your speech because I was reminded of how completely uninteresting young people are and their problems and how thankful I am that I don't have to teach anymore. Snivelling brats with their sister. I forgot me home with John this and there. Says there the skill musical's like really problematic. That I can't thank our sexy, sexy saviour enough for saving us from that. Sister Anne was stopped in her tracks by a blood curdling scream erupting from Francis's mouth. She bit her tongue and stared open mouthed at the flailing Marshall boy, suddenly doubting her ability to scout good recruit. Ah, fuck the lotties, fuck this town. All I wanted was for Mammy to come back and for Daddy to clean up his fucking pigs. But now, 
Now they have more interesting times sucking up to the corporate system than their own offspring. I'm gonna go fuck. But who said pigs are even the epitome of human existence? It's not fair. The colour pink is not even worth it when the smell of the prison makes my tongue hurt. I can't tell if glass is real. I keep having dreams about a, a sexy coffee owner. Oh, damn, it's burning hot. Oh, I really... Ah, ah, I'm melting. Ah, who, who needs mummy and popsy anyway? I have all I could he need here with nanny's guns and my sexy self-confiance. Constance, confidence, balls around, and I will throw myself at this flaming town like a bullet released from a pistol. Bang, bang, bang. It's, it's time for Franny to do what Franny wants to do. It's time for me to be bad. Oh my God. As Francis slowly dropped off the face of the planet, a meeting spawned in the lesbian feminist erotica bookshop and bakery about a big elefante in the room. The cult, <laughs> the gays, the beacons of hope in this world. Who would have thought? Well, we all know he's a cult leader now. No, Ronnie, we don't know, truly know that, do we? It could be that uh, fake news, <laughs> or one of those tyke talk cults now. Step chicken, ha! <laughs> Mister, he has weapons. Weapons of mass destruction! Where did my megaphone go? Oh, no, fuck you now. Don't you dare bring up George W. Bush in this establishment. Douglas, you know Lafayette is crazy. Why, have you changed since becoming mayor? You're like Obama when he became elected. You just forgot about the people. Ah, uh, hold on a sec. <laughs> what the fuck is that smell? Ah, uh, for fuck's sake. I forgot to put on my old spice deodorant. The best kind there is now. Reminds me of the 1980s. No, no, it's, it's not you, Doug. It, it, um, it smells like a, a dead, um, a, a dead thing. That exact minute, Rose enters the bakery, cradling. What? Is that a cat? Is that a, is that a cat that looks very much dead from where I'm sitting? Ew. Give the light to the nice ladies. Oh, for fuck's sake, Mommy, I told you to bury it. Mommy, listen to me. The cat is fucking dead, okay? What are you saying about my wee Leo? How dare you? He's been more loyal to me than you ever were. Uh, all right, <laughs> calm down. Rose, what's been going on with you? Just a photo shoot with this niche singer, Carol King, tapestries or something like that, I don't know. Me and Rose, we even went for a nice little walk around the lake. Didn't we know, my little flower friend? Rose caught a trout with her bare hands. Mary Elizabeth Bishop, very impressive now. Although when she ate it raw, I did retch a tiny bit. Had to swallow a tiny bit of vomit too. Mammy's stew came back up, but sure I swallowed it back down, didn't I? Ah, right. I told you you'd be a good trout season. Oh, fuck, I completely forgot what I was coming to tell you all. The cult. That's it. What about the cult, Mammy? Evil, those fuckers, that fucking fucker Lafayette, y'all. Evil, you hear me? Be warned. We know they're evil. That's what I've been saying for two whole years now. Well, now, Rose, that does seem a bit harsh now, doesn't it? The fella seems pretty decent to me, actually. Decent? 
Decent? Do you think that scheming, narcissistic son of a bitch is decent? Oh, for fuck's sake, I'm fucking tired of dealing with people who've lower IQ than me. Well, Rose, none of us need convincing, believe me. None except that big well pie over there. I'll have you know. Tell them, Rosie. Tell them what you told me about the Lafayette fucker. <clears throat> it was Fresher's week. That's when I first saw him. Mammy, what the fuck are you on about? He glistened, like one of those vampires in Twilight. Even then, the scent of masculinity seeped from him. That's what drew my attention, his manliness. I asked my friends about him. He was what was known as a Beanock, a big name on campus. Everyone knew him, but no one knew a thing about him. He wasn't Lafayette back then, no. His name was Brendan. He must have changed later on, seemed more enigmatic. Anyway, I didn't see him for a while after that first day. Then it started happening. Everywhere on campus I would see them. Denim, knee-high boots. I thought it was some sort of trend. It was the 80s, you have to remember. But I began to realise this was something far more sinister. One night my friends and I were walking to our local when we heard this low humming noise coming from behind some trees. We were young and horny, so we decided to go over and see. I'll never forget what I saw that night. Dozens of people in a circle around a fire pit, all dressed in those boots, wearing nothing else. He was in the middle, Brendan, totally nude. I found it hard to avert my eyes. They were chanting Africa by Toto in this monotonous way. It gave me chills right to my core. Anyway, we left and I didn't see him again till he came here. But I knew after seeing him that night, he was absolutely and unquestionably evil to the core. Fully naked? Good Lord, I've never seen a man in the nip that's a holy terror. Ronnie, sure you had a baby of your own. Shut up, Douglas. Well, ma'am, that was uh, quite the story. Jesus, Rose, I didn't realise you and him went that far back. Let me go back to the beginning. Now look here, Rose. I understand that that man can have some questionable methods, but his policies are new and exciting and totally a thousand percent not criminal. Not when I'm mayor. There's no crime here. He could put a bit of spice back into this town. Eh? <laughs> Doug, no offence, but are you thick? Mummy quite literally just explained to you that the man has been running cults since he was at college. He's clearly evil and corrupt. A problematic man. Now, everyone deserves a second chance, Georgie. I'm sure he didn't mean to do anything illegal now. I can absolutely assure you ladies that there was no crime happening in Salt Spit Devil Hill. Oh, for fuck's sakes, I just, I give up with you altogether, Douglas. I had hope when you were elected and now I just... Doug Marshall is a messiah sent to the town to save us all. Lafayette Elrond Hubbard would have destroyed this town if it weren't for Doug. That's enough out of you, Malachy. Drink your Irish coffee and say nothing. Ah, the virus is coming, I tell you, like a bat out of hell. This coffee is lovely, no. Mr. Marshall, we have to stop him. There's been more and more people joining that cult for weeks now. They're coming from all over the world. She's right, Dougie. The town is full of very stupid-looking British people. So they're always taken in by a demagogue with blonde hair. Wasn't Churchill blonde before he was bald, sure? I and those Americans? No, 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 no. I'm telling you no. 
This country is built on a religious freedom of expression. S-H-I-T-E is a registered religion. I lied for him. I had to infiltrate this town. I did it. I did. Oh, there, there, Rosie. Lap up some milk. No, no, I actually did. He'd forced me to wear those feckin' boots. <laughs> Just like that little puss in boots from the Shrek films. Yarrr! Ah, it's all right. We all do stupid things. I gave birth to my son, Podrick, and sure I've never even had sex before. So that was a miraculously stupid thing to do now. The water then? Drink the water and you'll see. A flood? The flood? Prepare the ark! This town is the best creek water side of County Galliv. Nothing wrong with it. It's poisoned. I keep telling the town to check in for years. Years? Oh, Rose Thornburg, your memory is gone. Highwire. This isn't Nazi Germany. Fine, Douglas. You don't want to believe me. That's absolutely fine. I spent a life learning that men in power never fucking listen to women and non-binary people like us. So you know what we'll do. You'll meet us in the church in precisely one hour, check your watch, and you'll see what you'll see will absolutely shock you. <sighs> the world is on its axis, boys. It's tilting and everything. Absolutely everything is to play for. As the woke patrol tried to wake up Douglas Marshall for the sake of their town's survival, Zagustus has been settling into their new room in the Molly Malone Reform School for people and not just girls because of that is exclusionary language. They have completely redecorated excuse me, the drab and dilapidated living quarters into a stunning 18th century inspired Rococo dream palace complete with stucco and bourgeois idolism. Let me tell you, Marx is rolling in his grave. Zagustus has been living it up in S-H-I-T-E. They read all the plath they want and get to join in on weird sex stuff. It is paradise. Cornelius, on the other hand, is not so pleased. Zagustus, stop reading the bell, John. Cast your gaze to mine self. Yes, master. After this paragraph, though. I have tolerated your hedonistic ways for too long. Cast thine gaze. The Gothas violently jerks, hitting their shoulder into the wall, creating a loud <laughs> bang. Ooh, harder, master. Hearing the sudden <laughs> bang from his adjacent room, the American thirst trap twink Zane Ford, previously known as bumbling Belfast man Niall Hubbard, knocks on the door. Augustus, are, are you in there, person? Niall? What are you doing in my Baroque fantasy? Oh, my apologies, pal. Wait, is pal too gendered? Maybe, maybe comrade? Oh, no, that's new, too communist. Oh, maybe, uh... What do you want, Niall? Oh, okay, you're queer, I'm queer. We, we, we shouldn't be in this fascist organization. You need to get out, Zagostas. Like, now. I like it here. Besides, why do you want me to leave? Is this some sort of double bluff plot? Did Lord Lafayette send you to... Provoke my devotion? No, no, Augustus, listen. My name is Zane Ford. I'm an American documentary maker. I'm making a docu-series which will blow the cap off of this town. Whoa. You need to leave. This place isn't safe for us LGBTQIA plus people. Suddenly, Zane's messenger pigeon arrives in the room with a note for him. Ooh. Oh, I have to go. Leave Augustus. As award-winning director Jordan Peele would say, get out. 
With a swift American prance, Zane Ford was gone with the wind. <laughs> Sorry, I just couldn't help myself. Don't listen to that fool. We are supposed to be Lord Lafayette's crown disciples. This is our rightful place, and we would be there if it wasn't for your buffoonery. How was I supposed to know he had a personal connection to Ted Hughes? I can't help that that man is a murdering wanker. He basically drove Sylvia to- Enough! You have offended my lord for the last time. We are going to his highness immediately. No, please, master, I didn't mean it. You know I'm loyal to you. There's no need to take me to, to, to Lafayette. If, if you'll forgive my subordination. What's gotten into you, anyway? You're so tense lately. Is everything all right? Well, betimes I have been kind of stressed out. Being a rat-possessed is hard on the nerves, you know. Even the forces of evil could do with a bubble bath once in a while. I think I can sort that out. Oh, this is, this is getting out of hand. I did not sign up to be a furry soft porn interpreter. Luckily, intrepid do-gooders Judy Yellowbrick and Father Hot Stuff fucking Andy are here to save us from whatever the hell is going to happen there. They burst into Augustus's room. How'd they get past the guards? You expect me to know? <laughs> Call it a mystery, bitch. I'm not omniscient. The power of Christ, probably. Aha! Got him. Just who we came for. What the fuck? What are you doing in my room? The point is, Augustus, you're coming with us. Is this about the erotica I stole? Because I gotta tell you, you really don't want it back at this point. It's not exactly readable anymore, never mind sellable. Oh, God. That's really not... Oh, God. The more I think about it, the worse it gets. Seriously, I can reimburse you and all, but I just... Please I stop really talking. This has nothing to do with porn magazines. We're arresting you for aiding and abetting the organization known as Shite. Not if I have anything to say about it. <laughs> Cornelius suddenly accosts Judy Yellowbrick, his little furry toy arm scratching with all the might of a demonically possessed rat. But shock and horror, Father Andy whips out a crucifix bit. Ah, the power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! <laughs> Amid the general confusion that tends to happen when a priest does holy battle with the forces of Lucifer, Judy seizes Augustus and clamps a nasty pair of handcuffs on their wrists. You'll never get away with this! Cornelius the Rat falls limp, twitching like he's in a dream. He is out cold, the poor thing. Oh, <laughs> you nearly caught me sympathizing. Not a fucking chance, loser. Take that, you demon. Oh, wow. I never thought I'd get to do a real-life exorcism. I'm fucking buzzed. Wait till the boys from me hear about this. Father Andy and Judy Yellowbrick flee the building with a protesting Augustus, who has been thoroughly tied up. Mm. I'm sure Captain Daddy Issues is absolutely loving that. Naturally, this will cause quite a stir in the cult camp. Cornelius is out cold for now in Judy's pocket, but... As Father Andy's Bible might say, hell hath no fury like a rodent scorned. Ooh. Over at Cocklemuscle Manor, perhaps, the drama wasn't quite at exorcism level yet, but it sure was getting there. Our lovely Lafayette has just welcomed himself into Elizabeth's humble abode. And I mean, hear me out here, am I the only one who gets some serious Edgar Allan Poe vibes from this lady's gaff? Just me? Lizzie. 
Things are finally falling into place. I've got more control over this town than menthol cigarettes have over the youth of today. <laughs> I am a man with a plan, but I have not let my obvious superiority infiltrate my natural kind nature. No, 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 no. I have come to thank you all for you. Oh, I have come to thank you for all your help. Without you, I couldn't have achieved any of this. Well, I could have, but my subjects need a moral boost every now and then. Oops, did I say subjects? I mean my friends. My friends need to know they are important to me. If you could kindly refer to me as Elizabeth, Mr. Hubbard. I didn't folly Churchill around with a bell for two weeks to have men like you call me bloody, do you know? <laughs> Lizzie, don't be that way. I've always felt you and I were close. I think of you as a crucial thorn in my bush. Well, I don't like bushes, Mr. Hubbard. I, for a nice, I prefer a nice big old tree. Never mind that now. I want you to know that there will be a place for you in my new world. My new salt spit devil hell. What is this new world nonsense you are waffling on about? I'm all for supp supplying guns and the like, and maybe even a bit of hell raising, but... Gentlemen never tell. <laughs> Don't you mean a lady never? I know what I mean. All I can tell you is that nothing and no one will get in my way. <laughs> I'm going to make sure nobody forgets Lafayette, Elrond, Hubbard, and anyone that does will be. <laughs> Taken care of. Oh, Jesus, what are you planning, Lafayette? Oh, I love it when you call me by my first name. Say it again, Lizzie. Jesus. War, Lizzie. <laughs> but not just any kind of war. The kind of terror that rips people limb from limb, that crushes souls, that mangles bodies. Oh. The type of war that murders a lot of people. The town will be destroyed and from its ashes, I will build my new empire, my haven of shite. No, Lafayette, my wonderful town. And what about my family? You better not lay a finger on them. The deal was we'd make the town better, not rebuild it. Oh, oh, Lizzie, you know I can't be making promises I don't know if I can keep. <laughs> Equipped with supervillain expertise, Lafayette chooses this moment to, to kind of to shuffle sexily out the door. Elizabeth tried to reach out to him and grab him, but she's fairly old and it was a, it was a while before her arm left her side. Mm, she couldn't have chased him even if she wanted to, poor old dog. Lafayette! Come 
back here. Promise me you won't hurt me, baby. Or even my doggy. Oh, maybe you could have Veronica. Veronica. Actually, no, you can't even have her. Only I can hurt her. Lafayette, Mr. Hubbard. Elizabeth Marshall had smoked so many Benson and Hedges in her day that her shouts were futile. Nonetheless, Francis Marcel had been eavesdropping as best he could on Lizzie and Laffey. Oh, fuck yeah, I should be too. So Franny entered Elizabeth's drawing room with a plan more cunning than Chris Jenner with a Kardashian sex tip. He had learned a lot in these past two months, meaning he was still not the brightest. But as Peggy foretold, he's um, definitely had puberty and he is definitely wreaking havoc. <clears throat> Nanny? Nanny? Oh. Franny, is that you? Oh, I've never been happier to see you. Sorry about that outburst earlier. Oh, it's just the ghost, you know. The ghost? The ghost of menstruation, darling. A woman's work is never finished. I just really thought that awful man had all the answers. But you should have heard him telling me I'd a place in his world. I don't want a place in his world. I don't want a part in his... his, 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 his uh, I just want to remain a billionaire beauty with a healthy, happy, normal family. Is that too much to ask? Maybe, maybe sometimes I want to let people hire a few of my splendid firearms. Uh, no, Nanny, of course not. And, and sure, I forgive you. I wouldn't know anything about a woman's productive system, though. You do deserve to be happy and rich and all that. He's a scary man, though, you know. Oh, sure, of course, I know that. I can't even tell you what he's planning, it's so awful. I, all I can tell you is I'm scared, Francis. I'm actually scared. I haven't been this scared since I flew in the first plane across the Atlantic. Well, maybe you should listen to him a bit. I will not be threatened by a man. No, that's not what I mean. I just mean that maybe it's time you sort of prepared for the whole end of the world, shite. Yes, what do you mean? Well, you're not getting any younger, Nanny. You don't look a day over 97, but the cataracts and the wrinklies and the stuff and the... They're not going to... They're going to get you eventually. Wrinklies, Francis. Do you really think so? Oh, the wrinklies get everybody in the end. You know, I never really thought about maybe I should. Oh no, is that just asking for trouble? Maybe you should what, Nanny? It's time. I know it is. I'm going to make me will, Francis. I don't know how much longer I have on this earth. And I need to make sure that I have that awful that I need to make sure that if that awful day comes, you're protected. Well, that's what people do when it's nearly the end. I'm not saying that it's nearly your end. You'll probably live to 147, but just in case. You do make a good point, my girly. Those wrinklies are sitting in. Oh, you're the brightest young and you know that? If anyone else calls me wrinklies, I'd be off with their heads. But you, you're sufficient, mate. That's what I'm saying. 
if you make a will, I'll be protected forever. And I'll make sure Mr. Lafayette doesn't get what he wants. Uh-oh. An overexcited knock interrupts Francis's well-written speech. Veronica Marshall enters with enough tea to water an army after her return from the Bear Claw Bakery and erotic feminist bookshop. Timing is impeccable in the Marshall household, as is listening in on other people's conversations, so it's no surprise she's scowling and ready to plead her case for the right to the Marshall fortune. Mommy, you can't just give Francis a fortune. The bumbling idiot is as bad as his daddy. Surely a few hours ago we were coursing out the family. I can do what I want, Veronica Marshall. I won't hear a bad word about my Franny. He thinks this is a great idea, and he thinks I'm going to outlive the lottie. He called you old, Bobby. He just called you old. Ah, but sure I am old, and I am wrinkly, I suppose, to some people. He's such a sweet little girlie. She's right. I'm the firstborn. I should get the fortune. Ah, oh, Veronica, I haven't got time for your notions. Would you just pour out the tea for me and me child, me and me little child, like a good lesson, and go back and play with your old ducks? My collection of ceramic ducks has nothing to do with this. I'm the only child of yours who has made a successful career for myself. Ah, would you give it over? If it's that pitch-up you're on a boat, anyone can sell a dog. Humans are weak with those furry coats and whining eyes. Maybe if you'd managed to get yourself a husband in the last 30 years, I might have considered you, but you couldn't even do that. I run an extremely successful pet store, and I have a highly prized collection of ceramic ducks. The best collection in all of Saltspish Devil. Veronica Marshall was actually the only collector of ceramic ducks for miles around, so you could say this wasn't really anything to quack home about. <laughs> you don't even have a husband, Mammy. I had many husbands in my day, Veronica. Oh, yeah, you tell her, Nanny. <laughs> Where are your so-called husbands now? All popped their clogs and rather mysteriously, didn't they? Heart attacks, stroke, fell down the stairs, had committed died in an asylum, spontaneous combustion, run over by a plane, fell off a cliff. Poisoned, poisoned, pushed down the stairs, driven insane and poisoned in an asylum, unspontaneously combusted, run over by you in a plane, and poisoned, then pushed off a cliff. Veronica Marshall, you pour us out our tea now. Will you never give my you in you will never get my fortune? And none of those debts were even proven to be suspicious. So quit your whining. I let you live in this house. I even give you pocket money, so shut your mouth and get me an old pen. Veronica sadly shut her mouth and got her mother a pen. Bitch, don't you give up! Oh, a main defeat, so 1980. And then she just pours them all tea. Oh, I leave everything to my dearest darling grandson by birth, Francis Elizabeth Marshall. Same if he am sign, he or Franny. What about her son? What about 
Doggy. Doggy Matchley is almost as much of a stain on this family as you are, Veronica. He is a useless piece of filth who doesn't even know how to run a town, who doesn't know how to be a mayor of a town. Sorry, Franny, talking about your daddy like that. It's okay, Nanny. I'll just sign here, and then in a long, 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 long time, when you die, and I mean a really long, long, long time, I'll be ready and, and waiting to become heir of Cockle Muscle Manor. You'll probably never die, but just in case, I, I'll, I'll make sure your fortune is used to the best way possible. Oh, you are a really are a wonderful wee girl, eh, Francis Marshall. Oh, I don't know what I do without you. Elizabeth and Francis embrace awkwardly, while Veronica surveys the sickening scene through narrowed eyes, not unlike her mother's. She mimes gagging into her very cold cup of tea. And at that exact same time, the end of the day, Patty manages to convince Doug and his non-believing asshole to come down to St. Molly Malone's church. He grumbles and farts a bit out of nerves, but figures that tonight's incredibly important town meeting can be spiffed off for some light entertainment with the lesbians. Oh, um, no, never mind. Let's just move on. He just really hopes that there's nothing illegal going down in the church because, well, he wouldn't know how to solve it. That's my mayor. Now, uh, Doug Rose... Grania, what you're about to see will disturb you, <laughs> specifically you, young one. I'll have you know that I'm very emotionally mature for my age. My IQ is through the roof. This had better not be an illegal matter, Patty. Oh, Doug, <laughs> your intelligence never fails to disappoint me. The quartet push open the doors of the church just like a really bad remake of Avengers Assembly and steal themselves to the chaos inside. Oh my, this is quite the setup. Patty, over here, we've got Augustus tied down. If you don't let me go right now, I will burn this town down to the ground. That's right, burn it, burn. Ah, oh, Jesus, my heart. Father Cathaldus, Father Andy, so what are you doing here? And who's the drunk fella? You're the mayor of a very small I heard thing. that! Doug. Ooh. Learn your names, you ignorant fool. Also, it's wrong to profile someone based on their class. He's a psychic, not a drunk. Oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jesus, sure, I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I haven't had that much time to... Uh... Indeed. We don't have much time to lose. We must get that demon out of this young child before the earth's crust starts cracking and the sun falls down from the heavens. Who are you calling demon, Baldy? Well said, father. There can be no dirty demons around here. The time is now, boys. I can feel it. Venus is aligning. Go! Start the exorcism! <coughs> the what? By the power invested in me, by God and all the angels and saints, we drive you from us, whoever you may be, unclean spirits, all satanic powers, all infernal invaders, all wicked legions, assemblies and sects. What? No! No! Oh, I can feel my senses tingling. This is ever so exciting. Hate the religion, but those are some really cool words, mister. 
most cunning serpent, you shall no more dare to deceive the human race, all slimy and slivering through our streets. Stop! Stop, you foul creatures! Uh, it's burning me! Master, it's burning my skin! Oh, hang in there, Zuggy! You will not get rid of me! I'll take this Augustus down with me! Uh, they're really burning up, Patty. What happens if this doesn't work? Keep it up, boys! I can feel the little rodent weakening! The rodent? Does he mean... While both priests were bursting a vein trying to get the daemon out as Augustus, nobody noticed where Lafayette's three sisters were perched, watching the entire show play out. Ouch! Fucking hell, Jane. That's my toe. I'm only trying to see Father Cathaldus better, Uh uh-huh. This is so wrong. We shouldn't be spying on them. Father would be so disappointed in us. Give over and watch. Dear Whispering. It's probably just the voices in your head, Mother. No, I re- really, I think... And in the kerfuffle of trying to get a better view, Sister Catherine fell out from behind the altar and straight under the heavenly toes of Father Andy. <laughs> Why, Sister, that's uh, quite the entrance you made. No, there's spies for Lafayette. We have to stop them. Secundum leges omnibus nota aviation sicotum non est pursuti posuti fugere et alasudum on Augustus corpulum idum super terum. Yes, yes, the demon. Zucky, you packed out. He is here. Oh no. Damn you all. Fine. If you won't let me reside in this sinewy body, then so be it. Don't forget. You asked for my reign of terror. Zugustus! There's black smoke coming from their mouth! <laughs> oh, well, if you don't mind, then I'll be off. I have a book club meeting at 9pm now. Oh, fuck me, that's a fucking demon! Not so fast, bitch. And faster than Sister Jane could say a hail fucking Mary, Cornelius, in his rage, made a nosedive for Catherine the nun. She couldn't escape. Bigger and bolder than he was in Augustus's body, Cornelius enveloped Catherine and she passed out. Her arms extended and her legs aligned rigid, mirroring the image of our Lord on the cross. Did he just... Catherine! Oh, God! Oh, Jesus. Oh, Holy Mary, Mother of Divine. Before Jane could finish her desperate prayers, her fellow nun and one-time friend shot up into the air like a bolt of lightning, levitating above the incredulous townspeople below. Her body contracted to form the shape of the number six, and she began crawling backwards along the ceiling and speaking in Latin tongues. Catherine, once chaste and pure, was no longer. Catherine... Her once innocent, bright eyes were now bloodshot and beady. Cornelius had infiltrated her soul. She laughed, a guttural laugh. Sister Catherine, are ye mad? Get down from there, so we've only just painted the ceiling. Your mother sucks cocks in hell. My mother never sucked a cock a day in her life. 
Never had the knees for us. Dog, focus. Catherine's clearly possessed. Malachi, what do we do? Is Cornelius just going to keep jumping from body to body like some kind of horny sex demon? Oh, Gronya, we should have never brought you here. If only the adults in this town weren't so intellectually challenged. Oh, you're too young to see all of this. I can handle it, Malachi. I'm an Aquarius. Just tell me what I need to do. How's your public speaking? Can you speak in front of crowds? <laughs> can a fish swim? Quick, get behind me. I need you to read this Latin passage while I confront Catherine face to face. It's the only way we can stop this. No, no, she's just a child. Please, Mr. Homeless Man, take me instead. The others watched Maliki with reservation. Rose loved her daughter, nobody could deny that, but she wasn't a hero and she never really had been. You were a politician once, I suppose. How's your Latin, Rose? Rose froze, her blood turning to ice as she suddenly became aware of how many people surrounded her now. Her biggest secret, her deepest shame, she couldn't read. Her father had forbidden her from learning as a child. He maintained it wasn't a woman's sport. Rose had kept her dirty little secret all these years, always too ashamed to ask for help. She knew well it would jeopardise her political career if she exposed herself here, now. Any chance of ever regaining office would be ruined. Grania was the only one who knew, and despite their differences, their total, undeniable conflict in morals, Grania loved her mother too, and she would always protect her. Always. Malachi, hand me the passage. It's an excellent day for an exorcism. Catherine, or Cornelius, who the fuck knows at this stage, the floating contortionist began to spew green bile onto the heads of the town people below before crawling towards the exit. Time was running out. Ronya, now! Let's see, um, okay. Zulunde non amote sinium crucis, the power of Christ compels you! Suddenly, Malachi was drawn up into the air alongside the rodent demon. Grania gasped, halting her sermon. <gasps> Keep going! Um, eh, sed liberas, no se malo, si sabes que ya elava rato despacito. The demon screamed in rage, clearly weakened by the prayer. Malachi, thinking he had the upper hand, reached out to grab at the elusive rat, but he did so in vain. By the power invested in me by the old gods and the new and the light of the seven, I declare you gone, spirit, gone, out! Out, vile jelly life is but a walking shadow. No, no, no. Demon had not yet been fully exercised, and he used his last burst of energy to cast out a stream of light from his contracting chest, hitting Maliki directly in the stomach, and quite literally, fuck me, blowing him to pieces. My life gone. And his relief. <laughs> His remains, they splatter out onto the horrified witnesses below, on every surface in the church, even onto those freshly fucking painted walls. And the place was silenced. Catherine plummeted back to the earth, landing in a particularly large pool of Malachi-like fluid. She splashed Grania in the process, covering her even more thoroughly, but Grania did not squirm. She did not cry or shake. She did not shy away or hide from the scene before her. Instead, she seethed with an unparalleled rage, turning to the townspeople who have begun to clap and sing her praises, and she let fucking rip. Don't you fucking clap for me! How dare you! Grania, sweetheart. He's dead. Oh, sweet fucking Christ! Malachi! 
fucking saint, Molly Malone. This is wrong. This is all wrong. I shouldn't be her. I should be back in school on the other side of town. I should be studying outdated texts and, and learning equations that I'll never be able to apply in real life. Yet you drag me here. You come to us young people for hope. How dare you? You pitiful creatures. You disgraced excuses for... Oh, get it, girl. Oh, she was killing it. Unfortunately, in the midst of Grania hashtag cancelling the people of Salzburg Devil Hill, the church doors flew open, revealing none other than Lafayette L. Ron Hubbard, who had heard the commotion and decided that now would be the perfect time to let this town know who its fucking daddy was once and for all. His trusted sidekick, Niall Hubbard, trailed him, his camera perched on his perky twink shoulders. Enough! Lafayette took in the scene around him. The blood, the guts, the overwrought child. What is this? Amateur hour? What the hell is going on here? Doug, what do you have to say for this shit? Doug, who had been heaving and convulsing in the corner since before Sister Catherine went airborne, simply shook his head. He was a man defeated. Doug was, it would be fair to say, not a natural born leader. Hell, Doug wasn't a naturally born anything. He was an emergency C-section baby, taken out of the womb early before, his, before because his mother couldn't stand the feeling of him inside her any longer. I mean, he had never really been good for much. Not running the B&B back home, or keeping up a good reputation in town, or even maintaining his marriage. Doug could barely maintain a regular bowel cycle. He was a wreck, and everyone in Saltspit Devil Hill had seen it now. Oi. I can't do this. It's too much. It's all too much. Take us away. All of us. I can't do this anymore. Stop me, you're resigning from office, so you need someone to step in. <laughs> Not so fast, Steinberg. If God intended women to lead, he would have given them a better sense of direction. You won't be going anywhere near that office. Your time in politics is through. A little bird me told me you never did much of your own work anyway. Oh, slow reader, were you, Rose? Rose took a step back, shocked. However, she kept her mouth shut, terrified that if she spoke, Lafayette would reveal her secret to the town. No, the only person who will be going anywhere near that office from here on out is me. Doug's right. He couldn't lead a warm-up let alone a town full of lunatics. <laughs> it's time for a real man to step in and pull this filthy town from the brink. There'll be no more blowing people up or practicing Catholicism. You'll do as I say, or you'll suffer the consequences. Stop it. Devil hell is mine. <laughs> Do you hear me? Mine! Yes, Daddy! Anne, Catherine's dead. This is hardly the time for celebration. But we won, Janie. Lighten up. This is what Catherine wanted. The town is ours. <sighs> but at what cost, Annie? At what cost? Holy fuck. 
Holy sweet mother's blue ball. Oh, but fuck this town. Jane was right, and to a lesser extent, so was Zane Ford. None of the horrified parishioners had any idea what was about to come. Lafayette had been sitting on this plan for a long time now, and with so many of his opponents now out of the picture, it was only a matter of time before he completed his takeover, strengthening his ironclad grip on the town and tainting it for good. Mm, if I were Saltspit Devil Hill, I'd be sleeping with one eye open. But what's this? Late that night, the church, empty, apart from Catherine's still, lifeless body on the cold painted tiles. There's someone at the door? Oh, it's just Father Catholicus come to say his nightly prayers, no biggie. Oh, 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 poor Catherine. You were such a good nun until you joined an evil cult and got possessed by a demon. Jesus would have been really happy to die on the cross for you. Oh, my heart. Oh, I can barely look. Oh, oh. Oh, I knew you from when you were just a little... Oh, shut up, you God-worshipping swine. I was with Molly Malone in hell. She sends her regards. Time to join God on the cross. No! And with a flick of her nimble wrist, Father Catholicus flew from his stance at the altar and was pinned to a crucifix by the scruff of his collar. Alive, bitch. We're alive. And next time on Salt Spit Devil Hill. Arm yourselves, ladies. Oh, Judy, we're too old to fight again. You're never too old to fight for what's right, Patty. Cornelius, you fight me here and you fight me now. Catherine, kill the little gender traitor. Kill them. Oh, the town is ours. The cultists have taken the town square. Just the bakery left. Give everything we've got to taking down the bakery. Burn it if we have to. Francis, oh, Francis, look at her. Look at little mice. They are spit devil kill. She's finished. She's ruined. And it's all because of me wetted and sold. Daddy, I'm sorry, but you did this to yourself. Surprise, bitch. An epilogue? Oh, my. Well, it's more of a post credit scene, really. And yes, Marvel, she is quaking. I suppose you're wondering, aren't you, about Niall Hubbard, a.k.a. Zane Ford? You're probably thinking, didn't he die in a blazing pub inferno on the Mothership show? Well then, how did he end up as part of a cult on the spin-off? Well, sit back and relax, bitch, because I'm about to tell you. Yes, little Zane Ford was smacked by a falling beam during the burning down of the Badger's Tooth in Sugar Kiss Angel Hill episode 5, but as he lay there lifeless and the pub burned down around him, he heard a voice. A familiar voice, but one that had taken on a, a sort of heavenly echo, and he opened his eyes to see the angel of death before him. An angel with impeccably quaffed hair. Oh, Zane Ford, you darling little American cinematographer. Now is not the time for you to die. The great work continues. Go, go back and save yourself. But no, I deserve, I deserve to die. Madge and, and Podge and I, we, 
we burned this down, we did it, we did. Nobody deserves to die, Zane. Maybe, well, maybe Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, and maybe there is a case to be made for pedophiles, but no. Go back, get out of the building. Too many brave and beautiful souls have died here tonight. Take my word for it. Go. The great work continues. Salt and spit and devils await you. Go. Go. Life returns. Anew. And Zayn awoke. And his limbs were full of vigor. And the smoke didn't harm him anymore. And as he escaped the burning pub through the smashed window in the girl's bathroom, he carried the frail body of Cynthia Stacy Mullins out with him. He could at least right wrong, one wrong tonight, he thought. The poor little American twink then ran to his apartment, stuffed his meager life's possessions into a duffel bag and ran into the night as he heard sirens and wails behind him. He ran from his sins, his poor, American mind ravished by his actions. Oh, fuck. I, I can't be Zane anymore. We burned it down. Oh, I have to get out of here. I'm innocent, though. It was, it was Maggie Pie who, who did it. Oh, oh, she's dead now, burnt like a Texas barbecue rib. Oh, my little queer heart is broken. <laughs> oh, Porridge. Oh, you're gone too, aren't you? Oh. Uh, I'll, I'll need a new identity, uh, a new voice. Uh, hello, governor. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, crack, lads. Anyone got a fag? Oh, fuck, no, no, no. I'm the fag. Fuck. Uh, a pint of Guinness for the boys, innit, bruv? Oh, fuck. And as our American bow ran along the country roads trying out new accents that were leading away from Sugar Kiss Angel Hill and his old thruple-filled life, he saw a sign that pointed to a town called Salt Spit Devil Hill. And the angel's words reverberated through his little gay mind. Salt and spit and devils await you. The great work begins. The Great Work. My documentary. Oh, that must be what that kind of sexy, familiar-looking angel of death meant. And as the young American stood by the sign, he heard the slow rumbles of a car. And he turned to see a red 1996 Ford Fiesta trundling along the road towards him with what looked to be a, a kindly nun waving out the window at him. What the fuck? Oh, Jiminy Crickets, damn, 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 fuck. Hi, I, I am, oh, oh, who am I? Ah, uh, help me, uh, Muse, help me. Oh, God, look at you there now, young man. You look like a lost lamb of God. Zayn didn't reply. What's the problem, sweetheart? Has being caught in a criminal act like burning down a pub got your tongue? Oh, you poor wee thing. You're mute, deaf and dumb, are you? Oh, God. It's like I'm in the missions in Calcutta again. Damn, that is problematic AF, lady. Oh, God. You can speak. Let me get a good look at you. Oh, is that ash all over you? Sweet Mother Mary of the Divine, who hath the Lord sent me this night? 
sorry, I'm I'm lost <laughs> and and sister, I'm in need of guidance. Oh, I'm not a sister anymore now, young fellow. I'm a I'm a member of an experimental new religion, I think. Anne has all the details really. It's a bit new and new age and the like, but Lafayette Elrond Hobard is a good man all the same. The mention of Lafayette Elrond Hubbard perked little Zane's ears. He remembered vaguely hearing Bernard and Diana talk about him in the pub. Before he and his lovers burnt it down, R.I.P., he remembered hearing something about a... about a... a cult. A cult called Shite? Oh, and slowly Zane started to feel a, a kind of stirring in his groin, and he knew then, he knew. Whenever he felt a, a stirring in his groin, he knew he had come across a lead he just had to follow. And then the handsome angel of death's words rang out to him again. The great work begins. Miss, like, I'm very cold, like a coarse light, and, and I'm in need of somewhere to stay. And do you think there might be some room for me at this new religion place? Oh, Jesus. Anne's always telling me to recruit new people. Is this a dream? Pinch me. No, I'm awake. I've had three coffees. Get in, mister, and I'll take you. You look like you need a warm cup of tea and a bowl of porridge. <gasps> porridge? Oh, fuck. Oh, no, no, no. What have I done? Oh, Jesus, come in. Get in. Get in down, I'll take you there. Lafayette would love to meet you. Do you know he adopts every one of us as his own children? He's a great man, as Anne would say. I'm not too gone on this new experimental religion stuff now. There was nothing wrong with the Bible now, I guess. The whole anti-gays and the women stuff was wrong, but we can't all be right all the time, can we? We can all change our minds, and if Jesus was alive now, he'd love the gays. He'd be a bride, sure. Did he love washing men's feet? Oh, are you all right? You look like you're crying. <laughs> Thank you, miss. I, I'm sorry. I, I've got something in my eye. An eyelash, is it? Oh, no. Ashes. <laughs> and so Zane Ford sat in the front of Jane's rusty little red Ford Fiesta and he trundled towards his destiny in Saltspit Devil Hill. But before he could get there, Jane had one last question. Oh, fiddle me violin and call me Mozart. I completely forgot. What's your name, young man? Um, fuck. Uh, Niall. Uh, my name's Niall. Nice to meet you, Niall. I'm Jane. Jane. Uh, nice to meet you, Jane. And where's that accent from now? Oh, uh, nowhere. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely nowhere, like. And the angel's voice rang out. Good luck and warmest felicitations to you, little American Zane. Oh, fuck, it's Nile. Oh, Jesus. Thank you, angel of death. Thank you. And that, dear reader, is the story of how Zane Ford ended up infiltrating the S-H-I-T-E cult. You better tune in next time, though, to find out just what the payoff to Zane's little masquerade will be. And let me tell you, bitch, it is going to be explosive.